Well, how good's this? A pod by the big men of the competition and women. For too long, Ruckman have been seen and not heard, told to get knees in the back, sit in the hole, shut up in meetings, no opinions. Well, it's bullshit and it's got to stop. This is 200 plus. Get your knees up, boys. Yes, 200 plus, what a great year it was. We brought the energy every week. We created headlines. We created new words like edging and raw dogging. And let's face it, they'll be part of the footy vernacular forevermore. We feared bagging no one. We are a fearless show. Even Gil McLaughlin copped it for his weird antics and maybe the size of his penis. But it was a fantastic show. N Butler probably carried it at times. We had a few commitment issues. We had a few weirdness issues. But we told lots of great stories, and here's the best of them. Can we can we talk about? Can we bring this up? Oh, I don't really. I didn't make it, well, so I never got delisted. I remember getting cut from the Vic Metro team, and I cried. Mm. That was bad enough. Mm. Getting delisted's worse. What sort of emotions does does this bring up? Exit meetings got to be awkward. You're hungover. You you just want to deal with the season, and you got to go and plead for mm. your career sometimes. Yeah, the, the first one hurts. The, the Vic Metro one, I, I cried too. But <laughs> the second one was, um, was was the Richmond days and I was um, I was up in Port Douglas for a holiday and uh, I got a, a phone call from, from Dimmer asking to, you know, when, when I was back and when I get back from the holiday to come in and have a meeting. No, no, no. Thanks for the holiday. I, I spoke to Chicken again. Oh, mate. Oh, chicken. <laughs> move overseas. Said, on the party, move overseas. Chicken, chicken, chicken said to me, yeah, look, it's pretty unlikely you're going to get another deal. And I'm like, he's like, do you want to wait till next week or do you just want them to tell you now? I'm saying, Lop, yeah, yeah, let's just off. get it over and done with. So Dimmer called me back and, uh, yeah, I was I was in a banana lounge. Uh, I was I was drinking a beer at the time and, yeah, that, that was a tough one to – to swallow, so that that was okay. Second one, Ross Lyon, yeah, very hungover after the drawn replay grand final celebration. So they had to kind of rush it all in and before everyone went for surgery. That one was a, was a bit flattening. I kind of thought maybe I'd I'd get another one Don't there. Know, how many games did you play? Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chicken dog bell was a chance. But if they're a good, a grand if they're a late year, five. The ball bounces <laughs> the other way. Yeah, bloody hell, you probably stay on the list. I'm a premiership list player. But True. Yeah. Are you, yeah. I could see it coming because I was a mature age rookie at the Hawks and I had osteitis pubis all year. That's not a good start. Mm, so I sort of got on the front foot with that one. And, uh, yeah. Went, yourself. In, went into Clarko and Fags' office and I said, oh, boys, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to retire. Love that. Can you list me as retired? And they didn't. They list me as delisted again. That's shit. That is shit. Quick story, last story before we um, get into a couple of segments. Getting plough punted. Can we? Is it true that you boys, I need to hear it from the horse's mouth about the great solarium layer um, meeting yeah. his maker, meeting his co- getting getting delisted as a coach. The plough story was an interesting one. He was under a lot of pressure, and I remember um, there was a game against West Coast. Where Mitch Morton, it was a close game. And we lost, and he and he tried to kick us, you know, a bit of a miraculous snap from the boundary, which Mitch Morton was a pretty good snap of the footy. Yeah, so I think he was within his right. But um, he came off, and Plough was abusing Mitch, saying, "You just fucking cost me my job." Oh no, you know? that's um, when you know you're cooked. And then the players yeah. were like, oh, "Okay, you know, I think I think uh, that that was a moment yeah. for me when I was like, yeah, I think everyone's off him now." Yeah. Um, and then a couple of days later, I, I got a text um, in the middle of the night. I, I wake up and need to go to the toilet. And I saw this text from Chris Newman like in late at night going, hey, mate, don't come to training tomorrow. Need you to come to this spot. We need to talk about plough and we want we want a you know, cross-section of the playing group to give their opinion. Right. And I, you know, typical, a lot of pranks going on at clubs back back in those days. Um, did not believe it. I think it's a gag. <laughs> it's true. It was there. a gag. And then, um, so anyway, I, I 
I didn't respond to Newey because I, I thought, no, nah, he's trying to wind me up here. Um, Great man, by the way, And then he finally called me and said, no, no, where are you? I need you to come here now. So we went to this place in Port Melbourne. And the ne- that day, Jake King and Newey had gone in there and told Plough that you know, no one wanted him anymore and he had to God. be at this meeting mm. in the morning. Um, so we went in there and there was all this talk from the players around, no, nah, we, we need to move Plough on. And they had the old boys at Richo and Bowdo come in and they said, no, no, this is Richmond. We're not going back to these areas. We're not sacking the coach again. Plough being the smart media man that, that he was, yeah. as we leave the, the building um, and he leaves, there's a whole media scrum all rock Door up. stopping. Oh, Door stopping. 101. So he's, he's – he's, was in it, I think. Yeah. And um, so we got one step ahead of us on all of that and he sort of controlled the narrative. So maybe speak to Plough if you want any sort of media tactics or Huge. Um, discussions there. But that that was the Plough story. and. Oh. Yeah, he ended up moving on and, and Jade the Blade Rawlings came in and coached us to a famous victory against Melbourne and Jordan McMahon kicked the goal after the siren. I love that. Oh, I should have known got delisted. Rock the telemedia, 12.44, I'm going to be outside. <laughs> My side of the story. <laughs> so I said I'm yeah. going to retire. That's, the fact that it was kind of player-driven but then Plough got ahead of it mm. and controlled the doorstop before you blokes could even give your side of the story is extraordinary. Yeah. and it just made the players look pretty ordinary yeah yeah looking back as an older mm. player and then going to play a bit of local footy and knowing how footy clubs work and mm. you know you take the emotion of your own career out of it would you what do you think about it players oh. rallying together to get the coach punted no i don't i don't like it but you know mm. it I, I don't think it was seriously broken but that's the industry isn't it they're all yeah they're all calling for someone's head and it's very rare they, they, they need players. one one coach sack per year it feels mm. like at the moment the, the media and grand final week, generally, it must bring up pretty good memories every year in the end. I understand that the preparation was a bit weird and you didn't even go in feeling that confident. But once the ball bounced, everything worked and you you got you got to work and uh, and did all the hard stuff uh, and got the result. Can you just talk us through your, your memories of the day and, and how it panned out? Yeah, look, the, the build-up, you know, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to play in two. One, obviously, we, we won one and we got absolutely belted another one. And they were very two different build-ups. Um, I, I think in 04, I think we sort of knew as a team, if we just got to that day, we would we were very, very confident that we could win it. And we always played well against Brisbane during the season. And unfortunately for us, you know, for three or four years in a row, we just weren't able to get past the prelims. And um, when we did get past St Kilda in a very close game, the week just sort of was a bit all over the place because I, I guess all we wanted to do was get to the next week. And I just remember training was a bit scratchy. What, like hardly anyone trains that week because everyone's so injured and tired. So you just got to get up for the for the day. So training's short, meetings are short. Then you've got to fly to Melbourne. I think we flew into Melbourne on a Wednesday night because you've got, you know, grand final parade and you've got a lot of commitments. So I just remember the week being kind of all over the place if that makes sense and then you know then finally the day comes and I remember we just had this feeling amongst the group that it wouldn't matter what happened a game and you know talking to a lot of the indigenous boys um, you know Michael Long gave all the indigenous boys like Wanganeen both the Burgoynes and Pickett a personal phone calls that night on the Friday night saying if you guys don't play well you're not going to win tomorrow and you know, there's, there's little stories like that everywhere. I, I, I remember rooming with Jared Schofield and we woke up in the morning and the first thing you do as a footballer is look outside and see if it's sunny or wet. And it was a beautiful day and we just looked at each other and said, no, we, we are not losing today. So um, it, it was a, it was a quite confident, but it wasn't an arrogant, um, 
you know, we're definitely going to win this because, you know, at the end of the day, we were playing Brisbane and won three in a row. So, and you compare that one and then, you know, the 07 one where we lost by a disgusting football, a cricket score to Geelong. <laughs> um, it was totally different. We were, we'd won the prelim, I think, by 90-something points against North Melbourne. You know, blokes were carrying on in the last quarter when they were kicking goals and, we did a lot of media that week, and we'd beaten Geelong on the siren three weeks before that. And um, I just remember we were way too confident, and it was just you could just tell that something wasn't right compared to the one we did in 04. So, um, you know, was it a contributor why we lost by 117 points? Probably not, but it, the, just the two weeks were very different. So, um, yeah, interesting times, and football's changed a lot now. You know, there's a lot of social media. There's a lot of more, there's a lot more commitments you probably have to do than what we had to do back then so the players are pretty the players are pretty used to a lot of that attention now and um yeah i think it's, it's just a whole different uh, landscape now isn't it i've been told that you are the greatest umpire butter upper in history you will go up before the game say good day shake a hand ask about their families like no one gets on better with umpires than you in the league i'm told True or false? <laughs> I, I do have a pretty good relationship with them. One thing is my wife worked with one of them at a school. Yep. Um, my daughters went to school with another one. So I've, I've had so – so when I've been in the game for long enough now that I've got to know a lot of them. Fair enough. And – I, I think and I think they do have an incredibly hard job. Yes. So I feel I feel bad for them. So I, I've I wouldn't say I, I'm I don't think any of those ones that I've known have helped me out with any free kicks. That's no. for sure. They, I th- actually think I've had to sit it's down. Not with, a bad. I've, wa- I've wanted to sit down with them and actually say, like, guys, like I'm really nice and generous to you. Could you sling a few more my way? <laughs> it's actually smart though. But, but you know, if it's fifty fifty and you're nice versus being a prick, you you, you know, you'll get the odd hold. Well, that's well. You hope yeah, so. Two ninety five. You know, you know, you got to know a yeah. few tricks. I'm also, I'm also too nice. So, okay. so I, I feel, I, you know, I'm, I like to say good day to anyone. Yeah. So you're not an angry yeah, man. You might be all. the nicest three hundred gamer when you clock well, that up. Ever. I, yeah. Well, normally angry pricks. Yeah. No. And I've copped a lot of stick over my career that I'm not angry and I'm not aggressive enough. But you know, I've, I've tried to stay true to myself and I just enjoy what I do. Yeah. So I have fun and you know the. There umpires, must be a switch in there though. Is there like there is a competitive switch? No, oh, you don't a, like losing. Oh, no, there's a, com- a competitive edge to it, but yeah. I I've always found that I can do it in ways that don't require me to be aggressive. Fair enough. That, that don't step over the line. And to be honest, when you're playing 95 percent game time, the last thing you can be bothered doing is getting to a wrestle. Yeah. Like if there's a melee, I'm not. I've got no interest. I'm I'm ready just to go. I need to save the petrol tickets, boys. So you guys go ahead if you want to get involved in it. Sure, but I'm going to try and save. I'm not running 100 meters just to get into a wrestle and exhaust myself from it. Can we tell the glove story? Like, so I was dead set dagging around you guys, like just trying to be your mate. And I remember one, and I knew Scotty Thompson from the Geelong Twos, and he goes, "Oh, we're going over to the malls." And these outlets were unbelievable. North Face, Nike, and the boys got into the fact that you could buy fully-fledged wide receiver gloves, which were unbelievable. Like we'd all seen the the one, the AFL ones had been around, the Eastern ones or whatever they were. These things were so sticky. Like it was harder to not drop a mark than drop a mark with yeah. these on. Well, I think, yeah, and I think, you know, and Scotty Thompson was a massive fan of the outlet malls. He was anything to save <laughs> a coin. Scotty was right up there. But he, I think he, he was probably one of the first ones that picked up on it and also picked up that Trav Cloak, I think, used – 
the same glove or a very similar one. So he was, as soon as he started uni, he's gone, this is not fair. I can't stand this. No wonder he's, he's marking everything at the moment. So I, I think he might've been one of the stimulus to actually get a glove sent to the AFL and said, guys, wow. this is virgin on cheating. Um, can you look at it? And the AFL then outlawed wearing the glove and now you've got to get, special, you've got to get special permission to be able to wear a glove and the types has to be ticked off by AFL. And I think he might've been the catalyst for that. Yeah, fair enough. Because yeah, they were unbelievable. If you had two on both hands, you'd mark anything, but you couldn't, there was couldn't no chance. The there's no chance to be able to kick in it. I think they they only lasted a couple of sessions when we realised you can't have two on, even though our hands are freezing in the cold and the yeah. snow. That you had to take at least one off because you just couldn't drop the footy. Well, I actually did a bit of a sneaky thing and took it back after thinking I was going to get drafted for a while because I was marking everything at ruse training until I had to kick and you actually couldn't drop the ball and and the ball hit my knee and I think Brad Scott said get off the track, <laughs> big boy, and that was the end of that. But I took one back to play in the ammos and was marking everything one day like clunking, right? But then it rained and I didn't realise it went from super glue in the dry, but if they got wet, it became like lube. So you're actually <laughs> running around with lube on your hands once the, the sticky stuff got wet. Just quickly, remember Nick Nanui dunking over someone at a Wildcats game? Yeah, yeah, footage. Like, yeah. Nick Nanui, they're like, hey, can you dunk it? Midweek. Midweek, and they're like, oh, yeah, they give him the ball, and he dunks over someone, and everyone on the Wildcats is like, none of us can do that. <laughs> and, he, and then he went back to his seat and watched the game. Wow. What a freak. And uh, had a Pepsi Max. Yeah, yeah. they got to be angry about that. Anyway, um, I was just, that always resonated with me because Nanui was, um, he played in a tournament once I was in when I was young. Yes. I remember him, I have this specific memory of him throwing it through the ring. Like, he didn't know how to play basketball well. But jumping and he would jump so high that like he was just like throwing it in. And meanwhile, I'm like rim grabbing as hard as I can. But um, no, when I was 14, I, I played one season of football. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be with my mates. First possession, ran in. I was super confident, 40 kilo, 6'3", uh, knocked out Colt. Really? Oh. I was knocked out. Head and, on head? Oh, I think someone bumped me. Like my neck was probably like for silly. Like it was like just spaghetti. Like would just <laughs> hit the side of my body. What That ended your career? Yeah. I mean- well, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> probably fifty seconds in the grand final premiership that year, it probably ended it. I was, I might go back to basketball, give yeah. another crack. Yeah, okay. um, but yeah, I always liked footy. Like it's, it's just like in Melbourne, in Perth, like you're either Freo or you're West Coast. You're an growing Eagles, up. Nuffer, yeah, aren't you? yeah. Me, no, yeah, no way. Are you? I don't no. care. I'm indifferent. Yeah. Flag mantle or not? Oh, I get around that. That's yeah. funny as hell. <laughs> but flag mantle, far out. <laughs> See, the guy's got the tattoos of it. Yeah, it's smart by them because there's no date on it. Okay. Flag man or they get they were next year and they said they were planning it. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, no, yeah, that was my background. I'm multi-sport. Yeah, a bit like yourself. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> this will might weird you out, but there's a bit of feedback there. Is, so these are budgie smugglers from last week. Some of the best. Okay, Do you want to just yeah, read so them in your best Fox News voice? Caden Webb uh, yes. was at a girlfriend's house once and didn't realise her old man was. Uh, in the roof fixing some wiring. Yes. Went and took a shit and <laughs> turned the exhaust fan on, which basically just sucked the scent on of my shit into the roof, and I hear, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Come from the ceiling. Nearly gasped. <laughs> Poor bloke. Uh, did you want me to do the other one? Yeah, that's <laughs> good, mate. You're in good form. No, Matthew Parker. Yep. Driving home from work and had to do a number two desperately. <laughs> Pulled into KFC to do my business and no shit tickets. What does that mean? Don't eat paper. Don't eat paper. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Waiting for five minutes for someone to come in, but nothing. Ah. I had to resort to ripping off my work short pockets. Oh, so he's just work short pockets. That's yeah. pretty ingenious. That's good. Mate, but yeah. you're absolutely losing it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, that's very good. So they uh, well, they both get free budgie smugglers. Yeah. Uh, mm. That's well, the sort of stuff we get. No, People... 
tell Pooh is funny. Yeah, yeah vulnerable funny. stories. Can we rip into your story now? Because um, I love it. Mm. You were like a late starter. Yep. Um, grew up in Canberra, played hoops mainly. Yeah. And then with a little bit of help from um, your cousin, Ivan Marich, just to get you in the door, mm. mate, you, you roll down to the Tigers and become a premiership player. Like how raw were you at the start? Yeah. Yeah, no, pretty raw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah very, very raw. Not much. Yeah, I didn't play footy at all growing up. Up until I was about 16, it's the first time I even thought about it. So, yeah, it was weird. Mate, that's a, that's a real late. I mean, Drapes was as well. This yeah. one could be bullshit, but it's getting round and it's cool. So I want to ask you, yeah. did you learn a bit of your ruck craft by being a bouncer on Swan Street? Yeah, that. <laughs> oh, I actually huge. don't know how that happened. I don't know, I don't know, how, I don't know how that's gained traction, but I think that has nothing. There's a, a complete lie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, have, you, have you ever been a bouncer? Oh, I worked in. I worked for a security company. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Uh, customer service. It, was, it wasn't definitely. Oh, there's a bit of body work involved in that. Yeah. Is there any body work? Uh, no, nah, I was. I was. I was working at Canberra Stadium and I was behind the screen. I was like, looked after Lost and Found. That was it. It's a good old-fashioned bullshit story. That's yeah. right. No, I, I think love Len- that story. Ben Lennon made that rumour up, I'm pretty sure. It's a good, <laughs> it's unreal. Because yeah. yeah. it stuck and we all went with it. Every media yeah. type. Because the media gets a bit of a bad rap, but the media do love a good story better than a shit one. Yeah. It doesn't always seem like that because shit stories sell papers and all that. But... The fact people were picturing you throwing blokes out of like the depth Unreal. and going, yeah. that's why he's a strong ruckman. He's been doing it for years yeah. and you've ruined it. Lost and found. Yeah. So, no, not me, boy. not there. No, maybe I should run with it. No, yeah, yeah. please yeah. do. Yeah. Back to Swan Street. Back but uh, um, early days, Tigers, like, you sort of had to go back and start at the Knights, didn't you? So were you like yeah. an overage playing in the TAC Cup? Yeah, I was, I was like young for my year. So I'd finished school when I was still 17. And then throughout that year, and even the next year, 2019, I was playing Tack Up. And I was yeah, driving, training at Richmond, driving to Preston, and then like playing out in Gippsland and stuff. Oh. It was, yeah, pretty grim. But, yeah. That is grim. Yeah, kind of sucked. <laughs> Sitting in the XR6, back's getting sore. Like, <laughs> Would you roll up in Tiger's gear? No, I, I did have like Knight's enough gear. gear. But, yeah, just let him gear. know. Who trades in Tiger's yeah. gear? Just to let him know. Just to let him know. <laughs> yeah, uh, just get hate, they hate me even more. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So what I'm seeing here didn't play a game in the first two years in seniors. Yeah, how was that? Because that would have been tough. Yeah, so. it was. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, appreciate. It. But <laughs> like, I, I was in no. I, there's no expectation for me at all. No, nah, yeah. Been. So I was just purely on potential was. The reason why they picked me up, like they never, who knew, who knew how good I was, if I was even going to be good. So, yeah. um, first three years I was playing like VFL, and we had heaps of tools as well. Yeah, like Sean Hampson, Ben Griffiths, oh, yeah. Ty Vickery, and they were in and out of the first, which was hard for them. But that made me go even lower in the pecking order, and I was playing for twelve minutes. Like a half, I reckon. Still in like yeah. the twos, though. Yeah. Oh, mate, I played off. thirds, mate. You want to go there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lucky they had their own. Yeah. They were Coburg. You've been to Coburg twos. No, they didn't have that, luckily. No, yeah. I yeah. had a bit of that, don't you? 11.50 starts, and your dad's sort of like eating a bacon and egg roll, like having his breakfast <laughs> in your plate. It's terrible. That's stiff, yeah. But thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell leave a review and even share with your friends. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggestions or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.